May God's grace, mercy, and peace be yours this day in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The text for the reading comes from the Old Testament reading. Let us pray. O Lord, without you we are dried up, and we're dead in our sins. But you bring life and salvation. Thank you for those gifts of life. And may the words of my mouth, may the meditations of our hearts, be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our Maker and our Redeemer. Amen. Well, St. Paul's family, how are you doing in this isolation? How are you holding up as you quarantine at home? I know that I can speak for Pastor Handel and myself when I say we miss seeing you and your families at school and in worship. This is the most difficult part of our sheltering in place these days. We're cut off from one another. And while we can send emails and post and send messages through Facebook, it, it just isn't the same, is it? And for us, it's difficult to minister from afar like this. It seems like our lives have been turned upside down, hasn't it? But it's nothing compared to the situation in our Old Testament reading today from Ezekiel. How in the world would you feel? How would you act? How would you react? How would you like it if you were dragged out of your home against your will? How would you feel if you were separated from your family, if you saw your friends and neighbors killed? How would you feel if you had to watch your enemies curse your God in front of you? How would you like it if you were forced to move to a faraway place where you didn't know the people or their customs or language? Well, your first reaction might be anger. Maybe thoughts of a revenge uh, might fill your mind. But after a while, after the passing of days and weeks and years, your, your attitude would probably change. Maybe your attitude would turn to apathy. Maybe your hope might give way to despair. You would eventually come to the conclusion that the only thing to do is to make the best of a bad situation because nothing is going to change. I mean, this, this is not just a sad story. This is a true story. This is Ezekiel's story. His homeland had been invaded. His, his people were scattered. And the way Ezekiel saw it, it would only be a matter of time before the Jewish nation was no more. The Lord, however, had other plans. In a strange vision, he gave Ezekiel hope. In a vision of dry bones, God brought a message of hope to a nation that was living in exile. He, brought, he promised to rescue his people. He promised to restore his people. But God's message of comfort is not just reserved for Israel. You see, the fulfillment of this vision reaches forward and touches your life and my life today. When we aren't sure what's going to happen next in our world, in our community, even in our own families, God brings us hope. So through the prophet Ezekiel, God comes to you and me today and he says, do not despair. The first thing Ezekiel wants to remind us is that do not despair. The Lord is powerful. Ezekiel's vision reads more like a science fiction story than biblical prose. The Lord set 
the prophet Ezekiel down in the middle of a huge valley. And as he looked around, what does he see? He sees bones. He saw bones scattered across the valley floor, bones as far as the eye could see. When Ezekiel took a closer look, he noticed that these bones were very dry, meaning they had been there for quite a long time. They were old, they were brittle, like the great remains of a great battle had been fought in that valley centuries before. This is what Ezekiel saw, but what did his vision mean? And what did the bones represent? Uh, the Lord told Ezekiel, O son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say, our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We're cut off. The house of Israel was a skeleton of its former self, and nothing was left but a few scattered remains. And, and because of that, the people of Israel had given up hope. Their strength was sapped. They felt cut off from their homeland. They felt cut off from their way of life. They felt cut off from their place of worship. That sounds familiar to us, doesn't it? And more importantly, they felt cut off from their God. At this particular time in history, the God of Israel didn't look very powerful. But the Lord used this vision to remind Ezekiel that looks can be deceiving. He wanted Ezekiel to know that I am still with you. I have not forsaken you. If you want proof, look at these bones. And then something miraculous began to happen. At God's command, the bones, dead bones, came to life. They came together. And they were covered with tendons and flesh and skin. God spoke again, and the breath of life entered these skeletons. And finally, these new bodies formed, stood up on their feet, and assembled like a huge army. This miraculous vision of transformation was God's way of making a promise to his faithful people. He wanted them to know that he had not left them for dead. He wanted them to know that he would not leave them in exile. He wanted them to know that there was reason for them to have hope for the future. And as he always does, God followed through on this promise. God breathed life into his people. He kept them safe in ba Babylon. He brought them safely home. His words, they're, they're not empty promises. His words are filled with power. We see the power of God throughout Scripture without a lot of trouble. We can come up with dozens of examples in the Old and New Testaments, right? But what about us? What about God's power in the face of a virus from across the world? What about today? Where is God now? Where can we turn to see his power at work in our lives when we see, feel so cut off? In our society, sin is, is not only accepted, a lot of times it's embraced, and, and the craziness of theft and abuse and murder abound in our nation and in our community. This COVID-19 thing is, has brought out the worst and the best in people. And with this time of isolation as leaders, we, we have been having these real conversations now uh, about giving and income. 
and what that means for us as a church and how we worry. All this negativity can pile up and it can weigh us down. All this bad news can lead even the most devout Christians to wonder whether it's really worth it. Is it worth it to trust a God who seems so distant from us? Is it worth it to follow a God who doesn't always seem to supporting his own cause? Well, that kind of attitude reveals that there's a problem. But the problem's not with God. The problem lies with us. We would all like to see a more moral world. <laughs> It'd be fantastic if everyone embraced the gospel. It'd be wonderful if our churches and schools would grow by leaps and bounds. But, but when these things don't happen, when we don't see tangible results, it is so easy to point the finger at God. When the, sin, when the situation appears to be getting worse instead of better, simple trust gives way to sinful doubt. Doubt is a sin, a sin that deserves God's wrath just as much as murder or adultery or stealing or any other sin. And doubt is especially dangerous because it poses a direct threat to our faith. Doubt cuts us off from the strength that we need, the strength that only God can provide. So, so when the situation looks hopeless, God gives us hope. Sometimes he stills the storm. Sometimes he cures diseases. Sometimes he even raises the dead. But most of the times he's working behind the scene. So do not despair. The Lord is powerful. Whether we can see it or not, our God is in control. But he doesn't feel the need to flex his almighty muscles to prove it. He's motivated by love, love for his people in exile, love for his people today, love for you and me. And today he comes to us and says, don't give up. Do not despair. Do not despair because not only is the Lord powerful, but the Lord is also merciful. You see, that's the second thing Ezekiel wants to remind us, that the, the Lord is merciful. God's merciful is evident, mercy is evident in the way that he addressed his people. He called Israel, my people. Even though they had been rebellious, God didn't desert them. Even though they had forsaken him, God still considered them his own. Then you will know that I am the Lord, God told Israel. That, that was more than a testimony to God's power. It spoke volumes about his enduring love. But God did more than talk about how much he loved them. The Lord was willing to put his love into action. He said, I will put my spirit in you and you will live. The God who made dry bones into living creatures resolved to raise up a nation that was as good as dead in Babylon. God promised to breathe life into them and revitalize them as a people, but God didn't stop there. He made another promise. He said, I will settle you in your own land. Now, that promise, that had to seem too good to be true. From Ezekiel's perspective, a, a second Jewish exodus seemed highly improbable. But we know that nothing is impossible with God. God didn't have to lead his people back into the promised land. 
They certainly didn't deserve it. And if God had not intervened, the nation of Israel would have slowly disappeared from the face of the earth. But, but God did intervene. God did settle his people in their own land. God did save them from extinction. He did it because he loved his people. He did it because he loves us. Now, how's that? Where's that connection? How can something that happened thousands of years ago and thousands of miles away have such a profound effect on you and me today? Well, just take a moment and picture the nation of Israel as a piece of cloth, perhaps a, or a piece of rough burlap. Maybe you can envision that on your own there. I mean, it's dirty, it's old, it's tattered. There, there are rips and knots and snarls in it. But as you look closer at the burlap stitching, you see that there's this single gold strand that runs through the center of that cloth, and that thread is special. That thread is unique. That golden thread represents the line of the Savior. Do not despair. God had mercy on his people, even though they rejected him again and again and again. They grumbled and complained in the wilderness. They, they worshipped other gods in Israel. At times, God became so angry with them. He allowed foreign powers to dominate them, and it was because of their rebellion that they were carried off to Babylon. God was not pleased with his people. But he never abandoned them. Even in the darkest days of Israel's history, God preserved his people. And he preserved that thin thread, that precious thread that he began to weave in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. The thread that ran through the family of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. The thread that passed through the royal line of David and Solomon the thread that traveled from Judah to Babylon and back again, the thread that came to an end at a manger in a stable in Bethlehem. The thread that looked so fragile at different times in Israel's history, the thread that so many times looked like it was about to break, remained intact. And when the time had fully come, God sent his son. You see, Jesus came into this world to fulfill Old Testament prophecy. Jesus came to obey his Father's will. Jesus came to live a perfect life in our place. Jesus came to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. The Lamb of God, who carried the sins of the world to the cross, has removed the guilt of our sin forever. The Savior the same Savior who raised Lazarus from the dead, the Savior who rose from the dead on Easter morning, will raise your bodies and my body to eternal life. N.T. Wright, a, a theologian and writer, said, We are not surprised if living as a Christian brings us to a place where we find we are at the end of our resources and that we are called to rely on the God who raises the dead. Do not despair. Do not despair. That's difficult in our 24-7 news cycle, as well as cable and everything we see online. 
our current situation with COVID-19 seems like it will overwhelm us with so many worries and cares. And, and if you're troubled by the sin that you see all around you, if you're bothered by the sin that lives within you, if you ever doubted God's power, if you have ever doubted God's love, God's message to you and me is do not despair. Do not despair because the same God who rescued his people has rescued your soul from death. Sure, there will still be days when you feel like you're living in exile, especially in these days of social distancing and quarantining. You're going to feel like your spiritual strength has been sapped. When you feel like you represent a rapidly shrinking minority in this sinful world, if you feel like that today, if you are ever tempted to give up, here's a suggestion. Open up your Bibles today to Ezekiel chapter 37 and read all about the dry bones. Read about how God restored his people. Remember how God revealed himself as the Lord of history. Rejoice because he still directs things for our good. He gives you and me hope for today. He gives you and me hope for eternity. So with eyes of faith, with eyes that are fixed on Jesus, we need not ever despair. Why? Because we have a powerful and merciful Lord. May God overwhelm you today with his mercy, grace, and love in these trying times. Amen. And now may the peace of God that transcends all understanding guard your hearts and guard your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.